Welcome to the Divorced Woman's Guide, the podcast that empowers you to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for awakening and transformation. Are you ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-discovery and growth? Well, join me as we navigate the path towards embodying your true self after divorce. It's time to let go of your past, reclaim your power, and step into a life that is brimming with purpose, authenticity, and unwavering faith. Get ready to rise above the challenges, embrace the opportunities, and awaken the extraordinary potential that lies within you. I'm your host, Wendy Sterling, and together we're going to uncover the profound gift and beauty as well as the infinite possibilities that come with embracing your divorce as an awakening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? It is Wendy, your Divorced Woman's Guide herself. And as a reminder, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review because I have an episode that comes out every single week. And I'm very happy that you have tuned into today's episode because I am here with my dear friend, Karen Covey. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hello, Wendy. I am excellent and so excited to be talking with you. Oh my goodness, me too. And I am very much looking forward to our conversation today about why it is that you need to be the CEO of your own divorce. And before we dive into that topic today, let me share a little bit about you with our audience today. So Karen Covey is a divorce and decision coach, lawyer, mediator, speaker, and author. She coaches busy professionals and business owners who want to make clear, confident decisions during highly charged emotional situations. Karen also helps her clients become the CEO of their own divorce so they can navigate through their divorce with less conflict, less expense, and less damage to themselves and their children. Karen is the author of When Happily Ever After Ends, How to Survive Your Divorce Emotionally, Financially, and Legally. She is also the creator of the online divorce program, The Divorce Roadmap 2.0, and the host of the podcast, off the fence. You can connect with Karen across Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube, as well as at her website, karencovey.com, and we'll share more of those details at the end. Karen, thank you so much for being here. And the first question that I always love to ask my guests is to share a little bit with our audience about your journey and what motivated you to do the work that you do today. Well, it all started back in the day when I started my own law practice and I didn't, I came out of school, I worked for a big firm, then I worked for the government, then I opened my own practice. And so by the time I'd done that, I'd had experience in other areas. And I, you know, I told everybody I know, you know, hey, I've got this law practice, I can do anything except divorce. Mm -hmm. And you know what they say, when you make plans, God or the universe or whatever you call the power that is laughs. All I can say is someone was laughing at me because client after client just kept coming in saying, hey, I've got a divorce. Hey, can you help me with it? And finally, I literally was sitting in my office. I threw up my hands. I look at the sky and I said, "Okay, I'll do divorce. And really, I haven't looked back ever since. 
But what I found, because I had experience in other areas of law, once I got to divorce and I walked into the divorce courtrooms, what I saw made zero sense to me. I mean, it is one thing to have the CEO of some major corporation that created products that killed babies on the witness stand and ripped their face off, okay? It is another thing when the person that's on the witness stand that your lawyer is shredding is your spouse or ex-spouse, and you've got to sit next to that person at your kid's soccer game that night. I mean, that litigation doesn't isn't conducive to maintaining an ongoing relationship of any kind, especially a parenting relationship. And so I said, there's got to be a better way. And I've been on that journey to help people find that better way ever since with mediation, with collaborative divorce, now through coaching, because what I've come to see and understand is that people don't want to make a mess of their lives. They don't want to do this like big, ugly, conflictual thing, but they don't know any better. And if you don't know how to do this, I promise you, it's not intuitive and the system is not user-friendly. So if you don't understand what you're doing, you're not going to make the best choices. If you don't make the best choices, you don't get the result. And now you've got kids that are in therapy for the rest of their life and you, you're facing bankruptcy simply because you didn't understand what you were doing. So that's why I do what I do now. I love that. And it's, it's very similar to my story, right? I didn't think divorce was going to be it. And here I am. <laughs> you know, almost six years later, still in this area of, you know, this area and loving every minute, because similarly, like my vision is really around empowering women. And so, you know, and, and I, and I say that also because I felt so disempowered by my own divorce and the, the tools and the ways in which I was trying to gain control um, were the exact opposite of what we were supposed to do, you know, or what anybody is supposed to do heading into a divorce. And so that's also why I'm so excited about this topic, because I didn't really understand what it meant to be the CEO of your divorce. And honestly, it is a business transaction. So let's dive into that. I mean, let's, you know, if you would explain to our audience, you know, what it is that you mean by being the CEO? I say that people need to be the CEO of their own divorce because somebody has got to manage and organize all of the players, all of the areas, all of the issues. Everybody expects and assumes that their lawyer is going to be the CEO of their divorce. But I have to tell you, that's not what lawyers do. The law for most people, some cases are like really funky and you've got all kinds of legal questions, but for most people, like 90 plus percent of people, the law is about 10% of their divorce. The rest is everything else. It's kids, it's money, it's where do you live? It's your social life, it's your identity, it's psychology, it's all the things that your lawyer doesn't do and isn't going to help you with. So you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, just like the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a team to get through a divorce. And somebody has got to be coordinating that team. And that somebody is you. So that's what I mean when I say you have to be the CEO of your own divorce. You have to, you don't need to know everything 
about divorce. The CEO of a company doesn't know how to do every single job in the company from the top to the bottom. However, they know how to get the big jobs done, how to guide and direct the other people who the employees in the company so that they get the best job done, you know, effectively, efficiently, and for the, the least amount of money so that the company is profitable. Same concept when I say you got to be the CEO of your own divorce. Yeah, and I love that because I, I think that a lot of people expect their lawyers to be the director, you know, the director, the producer, the actor. Um, but at the end of the day that, like you said, it is not their job. So what would you say to somebody who's listening today? Who's like, yeah, but I'm so like, it's so hard for me. You know, I remember, I think I sat for six weeks before I actually, you know, moved forward on, you know, the, what's the first stage called, uh, is it the, where you're gathering like all your assets and gathering information? Yeah. The, just the gathering information part where you had to like list everything out. Like I literally sat on that for six weeks because it, I felt overwhelmed. I was also going through shame and embarrassment that I really didn't have a handle on my own marital assets or finances. And just, you know, even the thought of, the thought of moving forward meant this was actually happening, which I know a lot of us really struggle with as well. So what would you say to somebody who is like, I get that, but I can't, like, I just, I don't know how to get out of like the hole that I've dug for myself of the shame and embarrassment. First and foremost, don't tell yourself you can't. Stop, get rid of that word. Because if you say you can, or you say you can't, you're going to be right right? So stop saying, I can't. That's not, it's not helping you. It's not empowering you. Get rid of that word. So say, okay, it's legitimate to say, I don't know how to do this right now. But then the, the key to that is right now. Understand that, yes, you may be overwhelmed. I totally get it. But there is a sequence that if you follow, if you do things in the right order, you become better able to handle everything. And step number one is deal with your emotions. If you're so grief stricken that you can't see straight, that might not be the moment to, to go get a lawyer and start and file for your divorce. I mean, maybe it is things happen sometimes, you know, every case is different. Sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. However, step number one is to deal with how you feel, because until you do that, you can't think straight. Your body is literally flooded with stress hormones. They cloud your ability to think and you can't make good decisions. So step number one is to say, okay, deal with all the emotional stuff and then start putting together a team. You do not have to do this alone. And that's why having someone like a divorce coach who understands how all of this works and Wendy, you and I both know this because this is what we do. I help people put everything together to put that team together to get a handle on it so that you don't feel so stressed and overwhelmed 24 seven. Yeah. And it's so important. I, I think a lot of people don't understand that. I think that, you know, they're like, oh, I've got a lawyer up. It's their first step. And it really isn't, you know, the 
the thing that I love to tell people is that, you know, you've got to have an emotional and you have to, your emotions have to get into check where you are in a rational place to actually make decisions instead of making ones that are from an emotional place, because that, that is always going to be the worst decision for you. And that's never going to be the place from which you are supposed to be making a single decision from, but yet so many of us do because it's, you know, that's the reaction. We want to get it done, right? How many times have you heard somebody say to you, I just want to be done or that they think that, you know, oh, well, when my divorce is over, then I'll go get the help I need, right? So let's talk about kind of like that. It's almost like an order of operations of divorce, right? Like, yeah. And, and I like that you answered that with get the emotional support. So what have you seen, um, you know, fear, obviously rampant. So what do you see in your clients when they come to you and they're so grief stricken? What are some steps that you can give to our audience where they are in action and managing those emotions at the same time? So Step number one is to get support, right? And support can come in a variety of ways, depending on who you are and what your preferences are, right? You can get support from a divorce support group. They have tons and tons of support groups now online. They have, there are some that are available in person, if that's your preference. Um, but And you can also get support from a therapist, somewhere that you can just go and dump all your feelings and try to st start sorting through them, managing them, dealing with them so you can get past them. That's super important. A coach is also helpful as well, but a coach does a very different job than a therapist. The coach is going to help you be that CEO. The therapist is going to help you unpack your emotions, right? So you need some kind of emotional support. Your family, your friends, they can all be the emotional support for you. But I would caution people at that point to use your family and friends for emotional support, but beware of them becoming the Greek chorus that tells you, oh, this is what you should do in your divorce. And in my divorce, I did this and blah, 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 because every case is different. They've only been through one divorce, which is their own, and they're not exactly unbiased. So while they may have the best intentions, the advice they give you may not be the advice you want to follow. Thank you for joining us on this transformative journey today. I hope that the Divorce Women's Guide podcast is providing you with valuable insights, empowering advice, and the inspiration to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for personal growth. Remember, you're not alone on this path. Together, we can navigate the challenges, celebrate the victories, and support one another as we awaken our true selves after divorce. Stay connected with me for future episodes where we'll continue to explore the profound journey of self-discovery and share practical tools to help you thrive in your post-divorce life. If you found today's episode helpful, I would love for you to leave me a five-star review and share the podcast with others who may benefit from this empowering journey. Thank you so much for being a part of the Divorce Women's Guide community. I look forward to being your, your guide I look forward to being your guide on this incredible voyage of personal transformation. Until next time, remember to embrace your true self, prioritize your well-being, and believe in the incredible possibilities that lie ahead.
Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, what I'm hearing and what's coming up for me around what you're saying is it's not just being the CEO of your divorce. It's really being the CEO of your own emotions. And what would the CEO of any business do? Right. They would hire experts to, you know, head up those individual teams because, you know, then that way you're, you know, you're getting those areas of expertise, like supporting you in your role. And, you know, with with emotions, I think a lot of people think that it's like, oh, I have a therapist. I'm good. Or they're like, oh, I'm in a support group. I'm good. And, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but for, for me, my perspective is, is I actually see therapists functioning very differently than coaches. And I also see support groups as functioning very differently from therapists and coaches. And I think that it's so individual to what somebody needs. However, having been through this process myself, I had a therapist, I had a coach, and I was part of a group because I wanted to feel community. I needed to deal with crap from my past, and I needed somebody keeping me focused on the future, which is very much what being the CEO of your divorce is all about. So let's talk about that and really helping our clients to stay in alignment with where it is that they want to go. What is the life that they want to create? So how do you guide your clients in really staying focused? focused on the vision, staying focused on where it is that they want to end up at the end of this versus staying in the thick of their past. There's a lot of different techniques, but I just want to point out what you said is so, so valuable and important for people to hear these different roles. I mean, that's why I started by saying you need a team to get through your divorce, having a coach and a therapist and a support group. They are not mutually exclusive. This is not a oh, well, I have that covered because I have a therapist or I have it covered because I have a support group. Not, maybe not, right? You can have them all. You don't, maybe some people don't need them all. Maybe one is good or the other one is, you know, two is good. It depends on you, but it's knowing, it's starting to get in touch with who you are and what you need, which is a big, big part of the divorce journey. You know, you've got to start understanding who you are and taking one step at a time. Another thing is, you know, what I tell my clients to do is, you know, you can't focus on your vision if you don't have one, right? So it starts by what do you want, right? Not 57 million things. What do you want? The number one thing, maybe sometimes I'll I'll, I'll let people slide and say, okay, you can focus on two things, (laughs) one financial and one kids, right? But, and it's not to say that nothing else matters, but it's, but what it is, is when you have your main goal, right, whatever that is, then every decision you make along the way, you can, you have a method by which you can evaluate it because you can say, if I do this this way, does it get me closer to my goal? or farther away? And if the answer is, well, it feels good to do this thing in the moment because I'm getting back at my spouse or my ex, but it really moves me farther away from where I want to be in the long run, then maybe you don't want to do it. Yeah. And I love that you say that because I think that uh, so many times we think we're going to stick it to them and we want to just have everything. We want to take it all. We want to, you know, leave them nothing. And I love what you just said, because what I think that, um, what I also want to point out for our listeners is that 
laddering every decision back to that vision and really asking yourself, is that really going to keep you from that vision? How important is that to your vision? Right. And, and part of that is figuring out like how to negotiate, right? Like I always talk to my clients about like, what is something that would be a bigger win for them that really ultimately isn't going to hinder you from achieving that vision of the life that you want, but maybe it'll give them a win so that you can fight harder for something else that is really important to you, right? So there's this balance game that I don't think people understand that is required when you're going through this, right? Very much what a CEO has to do, right? You're weighing these decisions and you're, you can't have it all, but what is it that you're going to put more importance towards? Exactly. And what you're saying though, what, what I want people to hear is that this is why you need to be the CEO of your divorce. Your lawyer doesn't know your spouse, not from a hole in the ground, right? Out of all of the people involved in your divorce, the person who is going to have the best chance of understanding what matters to your spouse and what pieces you can negotiate that will matter to them is you, right? You and your spouse, that's it. So again, it goes back to that, that whole CEO concept where you've got to understand what matters to you and what matters to them. And then when you start, once you, and laying all this out on paper is super helpful. I mean, a lot of people kind of do it in their head and that's okay. But especially when you're in a stressful situation, if you're in a negotiation or a mediation and you're trying to juggle all these pieces, you get stressed out and you forget something, right? So having the pieces on paper and say, okay, I, I'm willing to do this, this, and this. I'm not willing to do these things. My spouse, and you can start to negotiate more effectively by understanding what matters. And that's something that the CEO can do because they're the visionary, right? You've got to be the visionary, not just of your divorce, but of your life after divorce. Because if getting what you want in the moment causes you long-term pain, either financially or relationship, you know, in your relationship with your kids or in any other way, then again, it's not going to be your best decision. So it starts with having that vision, keeping it in mind and moving forward always with what is, is this getting me closer to my goal? That's what I would tell people. Yeah. And you bring something up that's really important too, is really uh, about the kids, right? Because I mean, that's they I was more worried about them than I was myself up until I realized that I had to put my oxygen mask on first. And I think that what a lot of people don't understand is that when you are the CEO of your own divorce, you are not bringing your kids into the mix. You are not pitting them against their other parent that, you know, think about it. Does the CEO share these secrets with, you know, the lower level executives or even, you know, the managers or the associates that are in your company? No, you keep things close to the chest and they'll feel the impact of it, but trust that you're making the right decision. So how does being the CEO play out in the co-parenting world? In that world, it, it depends to a certain extent. Are you in the middle of your divorce or after? Because you're going to be co-parenting for as long as your children- The rest are- of your life. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that's a good point. Even yeah. when your children are grown and gone, you're still- dealing with each other, you're still co-parenting. 
So being the CEO, understanding, but being a CEO in a relationship where you understand you are not competing with your spouse. This is not like you're the, you know, you're the CEO of Apple and they have Microsoft and the two of you are fighting, right? right. This is, it's not that kind of competition. And if you frame things that way in your mind of a, I've got to win and they've got to lose, you're going to be the one that loses and your kids are really going to be the one that loses. So you've got to look at it more in terms of a cooperation. And again, what's your end goal? If your end goal is to make sure that your kids grow up happy, healthy, well-adjusted, not stressed out, then as you go through that co-parenting relationship with your spouse over time, because it changes over time as your kids grow and, and, and on and on, you know, but you keep in mind what is your end goal and how can you collaborate with them or work. So you're either working with them or working around their quirks so that your kids don't have to suffer. Um, that's the way to look at it, to continue to be the CEO in that relationship. CEO doesn't mean dominating. It doesn't mean competing. It means for making sure that your program or your idea or your parenting style, your kids, whatever matters to you, that that's the agenda you're going with, not, you know, fighting to the death until everybody's bloody and broken. Yeah. And when you see people being the CEO of their own divorce, what are the outcomes that you get to celebrate with your clients? Oh my gosh. It's, it's a whole different ball game. Like I remember once I um, was working with a high end executive um, as, and this was as a lawyer, he was my client and he was very clear on what he wanted. Right. <laughs> and and I, he said, okay, I know what I want. And this, and he was willing to give to his wife way more than what she would have gotten if she went to court. But he said, but if she fights me, like if she's going to be greedy and try to really take advantage, I'll stand up and fight. And I knew he was. So, so we would have conversations about, okay, she wants this or that. And he had his line and he was very clear on what it was. And sometimes I felt like he was being taken advantage of. I mean, I'm the lawyer. It's my job to protect him, to zealously represent my client. So I would say, you know, you don't have to do this. You, you, you know, she's, I think she's taken advantage. We could do this. We could do that. And he would go, Karen, Karen, hmm. uh, you know, I just want to do this easy. I want to, you know, I, I want to, you know, get through this. This is my goal. This is, my, I'm like, okay, I just, and we, we came to an understanding and that was, I am the lawyer. I have to tell you your rights and responsibilities. So please just listen. If you don't want to do what I say, totally good. I'm fine with that. But I have to tell you, you have to go. Yes, I heard it. And then you can like completely say, I want to do something different. And it worked. And he ended up at the end of his divorce. I mean, this man made a lot of money. He could have, you know, he could have ended up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in lawyers fees for his divorce. And by the way, he was paying both sides of the fight. Because mm-hmm. she didn't have any money. So he could have really, and his kids could have been extremely messed up, but he knew what he wanted. He stuck to his guns. He was very clear. He didn't have to be a pushover, but he also, you know, didn't go for the jugular and he got through it and things went really well. And interestingly enough, I've kept in touch with him over the years 
And his kids did surprisingly well. And like any other kids, they had their bumps in the road. One of them ended up, I think one or both of them over time as they got to be teenagers, they ended up living with him for a while. Like everything changed, it all worked out, but it took him saying, no, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. And I'm not even going to let the lawyer talk me out of it, which was cool. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, my lawyer was really good at that as well. Right. She would always give me her perspective. She would tell me what the law stated, what, you know, if God forbid we ever had to go to court, this is what the court would say. This is what the court would award. And I would say, thank you. Good to know. And this is what I want to do. And, you know, to your point, I think that we, uh, we know our other, you know, we knew our, we know our soon to be ex-spouse better than our attorneys do. And at the end of the day, you're the one that has to still maintain that relationship with them. And so sometimes you are doing things out of the, you know, law, you know, box that, you know, is in existence in the family court system. But at the same time, like you have to think about your long-term relationship with this person and ultimately, you know, that sometimes does play a role in how it is that you show up, how, what it is that you're negotiating for, or what it is that you're giving up, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I think so many people lose sight of that when they are in this particular process and, and ultimately, you know, think about what, you know, it's, it's the long game. Right. It's the that's what the vision is all about. Yeah. And I, you know, it, and it's I've represented people in a very different situation. I mean, being the CEO of your CEO of your own divorce when your spouse is basically a reasonable human being is one thing. And if you happen to be divorcing somebody, though, who's high conflict, you can still be the CEO of your divorce. But it's a very different divorce because you've married a very different person. Um, but, and it doesn't mean again, you know, in that situation, being the CEO may be understanding what your spouse's capacity is, emotional capacity, what their personality traits are like or not like, and making decisions that you're still, you're the decision maker in your divorce. That's really what this being the CEO means and making decisions that to somebody on the outside might, might look like, why are you doing that? But you know that if you go down this road, you're going to cause a conflict. If you go down this road, you're not. And you choose to go down the road that lessens the conflict for yourself and your kids. That's okay. That's a choice. But you've got to, you've got to proactively make that choice. That's kind of what being the CEO really means. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the high conflict divorce or even those of us that, you know, are dealing with someone who has narcissistic characteristics. I think we feel bullied or we feel like we're being talked out of, right? So many times we're being spoken to by our soon to be ex and talked into things. And, you know, it's great that you're having these sidebar conversations. However, at the end of the day, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand that just because this person is trying to talk you into doing what they want to do, that you don't owe them a response in that moment. You can just listen and then talk to your attorney, talk to your coach, talk to your therapist. And then you can provide a response later that yeah. is coming from, you know, a more authentic visionary place, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you don't, and oftentimes you need that little bit of time 
to, to think because we're all human, right? Your emotions, when you're triggered by something your spouse or your ex says or does, like your emotions come up, that might, you might need some time to say, okay, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. think <laughs> about what's going to actually be in your long-term best interests. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's about, again, the inner journey that you're going through to learn this is what I need in order to make the best decisions. This is what I have to do for my to take care of myself, which ultimately means taking care of your kids. And then once you start to know that, you start to be able to say to somebody who's trying to bully you into a decision, you know, um, I, I've got to go right now. I will come back to this. You know, I'll come back to this conversation and list a date and a time tomorrow. I'll, I'll call you back tomorrow after work, or I'll, I need some time to think about it or whatever it is, however you can manage that person, but also respect yourself, give yourself enough space and the tools that you need to really think things through and make the best decisions for yourself and your kids. That's what it's about. Yeah. So incredibly important. Karen, Thank you for being here today. I so appreciate your wisdom and your knowledge. And obviously the work that you do is so important. I love the perspective that you also bring, you know, being an actual attorney um, and, you know, it's so invaluable. So thank you. Um, I want to make sure that our listeners know where to find you. So where can people find you? And I also know that you have a free gift for our listeners. I do. And they are linked. The best place to find me is on my website. It's karencovey.com. There is no E in my version of Covey. Actually, it wasn't mine. It was the one I was born into, but who knows? Anyways, <laughs> the and the free gift I have for people is a divorce toolkit, which gives people free information, lists, guides. Here's the you know checklist of the documents you're going to need. Here's a checklist of issues you're going to have to think about and so on and so forth. And they can find that at karencovey.com slash divorced woman's guide. Yes. And all of this information listeners is in the show notes. So please feel free to click in the comments and to get access to these incredible resources. Karen, thank you so much for being here today. Wendy, it has been my pleasure. Thank you. And to those of you tuning in today, what a great conversation. You know that with every single episode, every guest that I have on, my goal is to gift you guys with nuggets of information to help you navigate wherever it is that you are in your divorce process. It is never enough information and there's always good nuggets. I know I always learn something in every single one of my own episodes as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe and to leave me a five-star review. Also, if you're not in my Facebook group, please come join us. It's called The Divorce Rehab with Wendy. We'd love to see you guys there and get some access to great conversations and amazing resources. And you also get insider information to anything that I'm doing ahead of the rest of the world. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, sending you all so much much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share this episode with someone you know, or spread the word on social media. 
That is how I'm able to reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support that they need to create their next best life. And I would love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab with Wendy, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.